Well, welcome, brothers and sisters. This is Brother Lee Whaley, live at the Crusader for Christ podcast hour. And I want to welcome you to today's podcast, and thank you for listening. Today, we're going to be talking about a subject. Yes, it's a subject. Are you ready to meet God? And what does the Bible say? I also want to thank the Old Path Quartet for the great music that we're listening to. Please be sure to visit their website and download some of their music. So, with no further ado, we're going to get started here talking about, are you ready to meet God? You know what's amazing to me is that anything that we do, and everything that we do, we, we, we plan it. I mean, we really do. We make plans, and we, you know... To go, if for example, if you got to go, if you're going on vacation, um, you've got to know where you're going, and then you got to know how to get there, and then you got to make arrangements where you stay. All that stuff's part of getting ready to go on a vacation. I mean, for you men that are married or dating, you know, even when you go out to eat, uh, of course, you know you can't plan that because you got to figure out where they want to eat at. You know, honey, where do you want to go? Oh, I don't care. Well, good. We'll go to Cracker. No, I don't want to go to Cracker. Well, we'll go to uh, Texas Roadhouse. Well, where do you want to go? You know, and she'll finally tell you. But anyway, that's part of it. But also part of it is getting ready to go. You know, getting your clothes, taking baths, all that kind of stuff. So we get ready and we plan. But one of the things that most people don't like to plan for, a lot of people don't, is this question right here on on my board. Are you ready to meet God. Now, I want to I want to talk about that for a few minutes before we even start talking about anything else. I want to talk to you specifically about are you ready to meet God? For one thing, some of you out there may be atheists, and and that's understandable. That's a the, do you know that atheism is a theology? It's a it's a belief. Uh, it be you believe in nothing. I mean, you believe in no God. You believe that you evolved. You believe you came out of the ground off a tree. You fell down. The tail fell off. And you went running around as a man. And uh, more power to you. And by the way, there's some scriptures in the Bible for you. And uh, and I want to give it to you so you can write this down and read it sometime. It's in the book of Psalms and it's chapter 14, verse 1. And also chapter number 53, verse 1. And it says this. It says, the fool has said in his heart, there's no God. So you categorize your own self. That's a nice word, categorize. Anyway, you categorize that and you put yourself there. There is no God. The agnostic, they say, well, we don't really know. There may be a God and there may not be. The evolutionists, all that. But let's be honest. In every human being, the reason we, that, we ha- that we even have a God or believe in God is because God put it in our hearts. He put a void in every one of our hearts. I mean, every man, woman, boy, and girl. That's why you've got so many gods. And, uh, and so there's a spot in our life, in our hearts, in our souls, it says there's something out there <laughs> that created all of this. Remember, the fool has only said in his heart there's no God. So, you know, I want to get over that, but I wanted to make a point of that. Because if you don't believe in God, what do you believe in yourself? And that's what, the, that's what we're, I don't want to get into all that either, but I want to tell you that's what you do. So, but I want to talk to you tonight just about this one thing. Now, I'm not going to go into any depth about, on any of this right now. This is going to be a, like an overview of what I'm going to be talking about in the next few podcasts. But the, I'm going to talk about this, facts and fiction. We can know for a fact certain things, and some of it's fiction. You know, you hearsay, but you don't know. Like a fact, I'm sitting right here right now in front of this screen and making this video 
and it's a fact that it's me. I'm looking right at me in the screen. I know it's me. And uh, and it's my voice, and it's everything. I, it's a fact it's me. So I know that Lee Whaley is sitting here talking to you right now. That's a fact. I know it's a fact that I'm sitting down. You see what I'm saying? It's a fact that I'm in this room. It's a fact. All these are facts. And then there's the fiction, you know, that could be and it could not be. No, there's some things I don't know or could be. And we won't talk about the news media tonight. But there's one scripture I want to really talk to you about for a few minutes, and that's Hebrews chapter 9, verse 27. The Bible says in Hebrews 9, 27, it's appointed unto man once to die, and after death comes the judgment. Now, if we're gonna if we're gonna die, and oh by the way, we're going to. Um let me let me just tell you about this statistic right here. This is a fact. This is a fact. There's approximately 7.7 .7 billion people on earth right now. And it's a fact that every year, every year, that approximately 59 million people die. Approximately. In the world. And that's approximately 160,000 people a day. And that's a fact. These aren't hearsays. These aren't things that are, you know, that may be. These are actually facts. Now, you may not want to talk about death, and, and I know that you, I don't. I really don't. But it's something we've got to prepare for. It's something we've got to plan for. It's something that we've got to make make right. It's the most important thing you'll ever do in your life. Now, some of you say, well, I don't believe it. You will. <laughs> Amen. You will. Uh, anyway. So it's a fact that one out of one people are going to die. Now, I want to go down through these scriptures real quick and just kind of give you a, a, an overview of it for real quick. In Hebrews, I told you that's 9, 927. It's appointed. It's a time set. You've heard the old expression. Some of you younger people probably never have, but the older folks know. When it's your time to go, it's your time to go. And so that's pretty, pretty well, that's pretty accurate because the Bible says it's appointed. In other words, God knows. God knows he's sovereign. He knows everything. And just to get this straight so that you understand my 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 belief, I believe the Bible 100%, 100. I believe it's infallible. I believe it's inerrant. I believe it's inspired. I do. I believe everything about the Bible. And uh, I don't argue with people about it. They don't. Then that's fine. I mean, we've all got our opinions, but that's what I believe. And so tonight I want to talk to you about these few scriptures. Hebrews 9, 20, Proverbs chapter 14, verse 12, and chapter 16, verse 25. The Bible says, There is a way which seems right to men, but the ends thereof are the ways of death. The ends thereof are the ways of death. When we think about death, you know, it's that's this right here. Are you ready to meet God? Are you ready to meet God? Now, as we move down through here, in Matthew chapter 7, verses 13 and 5 through 15, it tells you to enter at the straight gate. For wide is the gate, and broad is the way that leads to destruction. And it says, many shall enter in thereat. For straight is the gate, and narrow is the way that leads to life, and there will be few that find it. And when you think about just the world population today, 7 billion, but not what it's been since man, God created Adam and Eve, multi-billions and billions are going to face God. And then down here where it says in Isaiah 45, 23, Romans 14, uh, chapter uh, 14, verse 11, 12, 13, and then Philippians chapter 2, verses 5 through 10. What it is saying, for example, it says, 
every knee shall bow and every tongue will confess to God that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God. What I'm trying to do is get a foundation built. Now, that's another thing about planning. For example, right now, my daughter Amanda and her husband Ben are building a house. Well, we went out there when it was just land to look at the lot. And then as they got, the, as they got progressing through the, the, the construction of that, they took the trees down. They dug the, they dug the footings out. They did what? They poured a foundation and that with every plan, there's got to be a foundation. With every building, there's got to be a foundation. And so part of this, this plan that we've got to make is building on the right foundation. And the Bible talks about the foundations. There's one that you build on that's made of sand, and then there's one that's rock. Of course, the rock that we build on is Jesus Christ. So when, when Ben and Amanda started building their house, they had a plan. They had what's called uh, the blueprints of this house. And the blueprints is what's going to give the builder the instructions on how to build the house. I mean, it's got to have everything in it, too. It's got to have where the water is going to go, where the wires are going to go, where the lighting is going to go, where the plumbing is going to go. Everything's got to be spelled out before you start building that house. Because if you don't, when you end up, you'll have all kinds of stuff that's just everywhere and you wouldn't know what to do and it'd be a mess. So the plan's got to be pretty specific, right? Our life is the same way. If we're, gonna, if we're planning right now, everything, we're planning, to, you know, we're planning on living. And it's, it's funny, and I think about this sometimes. When I was born, uh, December 2nd, 1954, when I was born... I started, they say, started living, but but truly, I started dying, and I have been ever since. Even though I've lived, I also have been in the process of dying. I mean, I look at my body now, and it's, it's dying. I mean, it's getting old, you know, and things fall apart, and things stop working, and all kinds of goodies happen to you. But that's just life, and I'm ready for that. So November the 9th, 1975, I got it straightened out right here. Are you ready to meet God? I am. And then I've been building on this foundation, which is Jesus Christ, a rock. And if you remember what Jesus said about the foundation, he says, I am going to build my church, and the gates of hell will not prevail against it. Um, last night, Jim Sibler from uh, Brooklyn Church up there in, in New York spoke uh, to the uh, First Baptist of Villarica, and it was a really good service. And he was talking about that, the foundation in the, in the church and all that. We are the church. All right. So Hebrews 9-7 says we're going to die. Proverbs 14, 12, 16, 25 says there's a way seems right to men, but the ends thereof are the ways of death. Now, what is he talking about there? He is talking about cults. He's talking about religions. He's talking about anything and everything that takes away from Jesus Christ. You see, well, you say, well, why can you be so sure that your religion's right? Well, for, number one, let me, get, let me just tell you this. I'm not even religious. I'm saved by the grace of God. This body is the temple of God. And I'm not bragging. I'm just telling you what God told me. In 1 Corinthians 3, 16, 6, 19, Romans 8, 9, uh, it says, if you have not the Spirit of God, you're, you're, not, you're none of His. It says in 1 Corinthians 3, 16, 6, 6 19, what know you not that your body is the temple of the Holy Spirit that's in you and it's not yours, it's God's and you've been bought with a price. 
Hallelujah. Amen. That's exciting to me. I've been bought with a price. That price is the blood of Jesus Christ. He gave his life. He gave his body. He gave his self for me and for you, for every human being that's ever been born, for, the, for John 3.16, for whosoever will. Whosoever will. It's God wills that no man should perish. So we've looked at Proverbs or Hebrews in Proverbs and Matthew says there's enter at the straight gate. You remember what Jesus said? I am the door. I am the good shepherd. Jesus is the good shepherd. Jesus is the chief shepherd. Jesus is the great shepherd. And Jesus is in Psalms 23, my shepherd. Hallelujah. Y'all ought to be rejoicing with me. Jesus is our shepherd and we shall not want. Amen. And so God gives us the plan, and the plan is Christ on this foundation. That's the foundation we build on. How do you know that you can be ready? Because you've got to trust in God. Romans chapter 10, what saith it says, Thy word is near unto thee, even in thy heart and in thy mouth. The word of God, the word of God, that Jesus Christ died for our sins, that he was buried in a grave. But on that third morning, hallelujah, he resurrected and came to life. And God conquered death. He conquered hell. He conquered the grave. He conquered sin. And he gave that life to anybody that will believe in him. Amen. So to build our life, to build our, our this, on this foundation, we've got to know Christ. You've got to know Christ. In this scripture right down here, John chapter 14, verse number 6. Most of any Christian should know this one by heart. Jesus said, and they were talking about, he said, let not your, in, in, first, in the chapter 14, verse 1, he said, don't let your hearts be troubled. For if you believe in God, he said, believe also in me. He said, for in my Father's house, amen, I like that, say that with me. Y'all say that with me. In my Father's house, my Father's house, there's many mansions, he said, and I'm going to go prepare a place for you. Hallelujah. That'd even make a Presbyterian shout. If you're a Presbyterian, start shouting. He said, I'm going to go play, prepare a place for you. I'm going to go prepare a mansion for you. And if I go, I will come again and receive you unto myself, that where I'm at, there you may be also. And they said, Lord, we don't know where you're going, and we sure don't know the way. In John 14, 6, Jesus said, oh, yeah, I am the way. I am the truth, if I, and I am the life. No man comes unto my Father but by me. Amen. Any man that tries to enter in, John 10, 10. Any man that tries to enter in any other way but through Christ is like a thief and a liar and, a, and the devil is a deceiver. Amen. And so tonight, uh, it, you know, this is about what I want to do. I want you to think about this real quick. Are you ready to meet God? I mean, listen, have you been saved by the grace of God? Are you washed in his blood? Have you been sanctified? That means separated by God. Because that's what he does. That's where the word saints come from, by the way, sanctification. Nobody makes you a saint. The Catholic Church can't make you a saint. Nobody can. You're a saint by being sanctified by God. He separates you for his work, for his purpose. That's why he saves you. Amen. I like that. I've been saved. I've been sanctified. One day, hallelujah, I'm going to be, and I've been saint. I've been sanctified. I've been justified. One day, I'm going to be glorified. How about you? Are you going to make it? Well, let me tell you, the time is the time's running out. I don't want to make this too long because y'all won't stay with me. But I do want you to know I love you. And I'm going to tell you something right now. In just a few more, hopefully within the next month, 
Crusading for Christ ministry is going to be uh, a, le a legitimate ministry that I'm getting. I'm getting all the lawyer work done right now. And I want you to partner with me. I want you to be part of my ministry. This is going to be my ministry till I die. This is what I want to do. I want to reach the world with the word of God. I want to reach the world with the gospel of Jesus Christ. Listen, there's these great preachers like Kevin Williams, uh, Dr. Kevin Williams, pardon me. And I, I love him and I appreciate him. And uh, and these other great preachers like Dr. Dr. Pennington that preached and, uh, and uh, these others that come and preach at the church and uh, Dr. White, all these guys are great preachers and, and pastors, and and uh, but there's all kinds of ministries. See, I'm an evangelist. I am. That's what I am. I'm not a pastor. I'm not. Uh, I, I have pastored, but I knew that wasn't my real calling. My real calling is just to do what I do, get out here in the, in the fields and all that. But anyway, so listen, I want you to pray for me. And soon, very, very soon, this, this Crusade of Christ ministry is going to be a legitimate full-time ministry for me and i want you to partner with me and i want you to pray with me and i want you to be a part of it i do i want you to so bad uh i don't want to take anything away from the churches because the churches are home i'm a church i love the church can't wait till we get back full-blown and all this covid stuff's over and and uh and all that so we're going to be praying about that but in the meantime be praying for me and my ministry so recapping what i told you are you ready to meet god and then, if you and realize you're going to die, oh yeah, I want to tell you this this real this story real quick. It's going to run a few more minutes, but please stay with me. I think you'll enjoy it. Some years back, when my kids actually were in high school, um, there was a little there was one of their classmates. His name was T. J. Hodgins. Some of you that are listening to this probably remember T. J. Well, T.J. Hodgins, in high school, I can't remember the grade it was. He was in high school, but he came down with cancer. And um, when, he got, when, when he got cancer, everybody got behind him. His mother and father, Marty and Cindy, and he had a brother named, I think it was Brandon. We all were praying for uh, T.J. They had fundraisers for him. They had all kinds of things where we prayed for him. And we uh, went over there, and, and, and they had T-shirts, you know, to support it and to help him. But as time, as time went on, the cancer got worse. And T.J. got worse, and he uh, got sicker and sicker. And I went over to see him at his house, and he was laying there on that couch, and his little body had lost so much weight. He was just a little bitty old thin fella, and I knew that... Uh, Cancer was getting the best of him. And then one day I came home and my uh, I got a phone call and it said, Lee said, they've rushed TJ to the hospital, St. Joseph Hospital. We need to really pray for him. And I said, you know what? We're going to pray for him. And so uh, when, they, when I got off the phone, um, I got down on my knees beside the couch in my living room over there when we lived on Gale Court. And I said, Lord... I said, Lord, please help T.J. and heal T.J. God, please. And about that time, the Holy Spirit spoke to me. He says, I want you to go down there right now and talk to T.J. Swear to you, just as sure as I'm talking to you. That's what God spoke to me. So I got up and I, I changed clothes and I went down to St. Joseph Hospital. 
And I said, what room is T.J. Hodge? And they told me, and I went up there. And uh, Cindy had just went out to uh, eat lunch, or yeah, eat lunch. And I went over there, and uh, I could tell T.J. had gotten worse. His little old body was frail, his skin, he was just skin and bones. And, uh, and I grabbed his hand, and he looked over at me, and I said, T.J., I said, I've come down here to pray for you, son. Um, I hope I can get through this. I said, TJ, there's a lot of people praying for you right now. And we love you, TJ. But I've got to ask you, TJ, are you really ready to meet God? I said, are you saved? And with tears coming down his eyes, I witnessed to him and told him about Christ, made sure he understood it was Jesus Christ and Christ alone. And I said to him, TJ, I said, do you understand what I'm telling you? He said, I do. I said, TJ, will you receive Christ right now into your heart? And, and with tears coming down both of our eyes, he prayed the sinner's prayer and asked Christ to save him. And boy, you could, you could just feel the Spirit of God. It was like a blanket in that room. Well, about that time, Cindy, his mother, walked in. And when she seen me sitting there and talking to TJ and that feeling, that power of God, she just stood there and didn't know what to say. And I said, ma'am, I said, I've just, I've just prayed with TJ and he's accepted Jesus Christ as your, his Lord and Savior. And she didn't know what to say. See, they were Jehovah's Witnesses. God bless her heart. But, but she didn't know what to say, but she said, great. Well, a few days after that, TJ went on to be with the Lord. And they called me up and asked me to do the funeral, part, to be a part of the funeral, and I said I would. And as T.J. laid there and stayed at the, at the funeral home where we was preaching his funeral, I never will forget standing up there. And I had my sermon in my heart, but I asked God, I said, God, is, is T.J. with you right now? Is T.J. saved? I just want to know, Lord. And he says to me, just as real as me speaking to you right now, that my spirit said, you ought to know you were there. I'm not bragging on me. It's not me. It's God. And God will do the same thing for you. Oh, Lord. The church needs to get burned for lost people again. And right now is the time. We need it worse than anything. Our, our country is so divided. We need God in our country. We need God in our young people. They're going to hell without God. Please pray with me. Father, I thank you for this opportunity. I thank you more, Lord, for saving me and giving me eternal life. And if you're out there tonight and you don't know Christ, all you got to do is believe in your heart. But you got to believe. you got to repent and say, Lord, I'm sorry for my sins. And ask him to save you. Lord, I'm sorry for my sins, but would you save me right now? Would you save me right now, Lord, and give me that eternal life, that assurance that I know that when I die, I'm going to heaven? Lord, I just want to know it, Lord. I want to know it worse than anything, Lord. And I repent of my sins. I'm asking you to forgive me. And Lord, come into my heart. And if you really believe that right now, if you really believe that, God will save you and give you eternal life. And then <laughs> you need to go join the church. If you and Villarick and close around come out there to First Baptist, we'll, buy, we'll baptize you. We'll do whatever we need to help you. But we love you tonight, and thank you for this time. God bless you tonight, and we'll see you the next time on Crusading for Christ podcast and Crusading for Christ Hour and all that. Bye.